You're listening to The Hustle Made Me Do It, a podcast that inspires young entrepreneurs and hustlers to pursue their passions and dreams. My name is Luis Cortez. I'm a young hustler and entrepreneur that has worked his way up from fast food minimum wage jobs to high-level corporate America. I'm sitting down with young entrepreneurs from all walks of life to talk about their journey, their process, the lessons they've learned, and how to make a positive impact on the people around them. Welcome to episode four. Today, Cindy and I are going to be sitting down with Ella Catherine, host of Budget Babe. We're going to learn more about her passion for empowering and educating millennials in money management and the inspiration behind her rising podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is one you won't want to miss. Ella, thank you for joining us today. It's so great to have you. Yes, I'm happy to be on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for inviting me. Of course. And we're so excited to talk with you today about this topic of finance and money management. Um, It's a topic that is really near and dear to our hearts. And we're so passionate about empowering young entrepreneurs, young adults on financial literacy, since it's something we felt like we lacked in our own upbringing. Um, So the fact that you want to target millennials and appeal to millennials specifically, I think is fantastic. Yeah, something I've noticed with a lot of millennials, like I've been coaching some of my friends and helping them out with their finances. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not what people think. People think it's because we're overly self-indulgent, which NPR wrote an article three years ago about how self-indulgent we are, or Time Magazine said we're the me, me, me generation. Yeah. And that could be part of it, but what I'm seeing when it comes to talking about money is I'm seeing fear. I'm seeing um, a lack of confidence when it comes to getting what people want. Um, I'm also seeing uh, people feeling stuck in life. So they may be temporarily working jobs that they're not happy in per se. And they feel like that that's the, that's where they're stuck at and they're trying to find ways to move up. But what it all boils down to is the mindset around money. So, so talk to us a little bit about what you mean by that, uh, the mindset around money. I'll just tell you um, a little bit of why that's very interesting for us. Uh, Cindy and I actually are recently married. Um, we come from different. Congratulations. Financial- Thank you yeah. so much. Uh, we come from different yeah. financial backgrounds. We come uh, from differential ideas, I guess you yeah. can say, you know, for uh, for me, I've always looked at, at money more like a, like a person. You know what I mean? I've always kind of treated mm-hmm. it like a person. I've never really indulge on it because for me personally it's always been kind of uh, you know I'll see the rewards of my labor in my 40s and my you know when I'm 40 45 like I rather sacrifice now than than actually Mm -hmm. go and buy the new car uh, right now I rather sacrifice that now and then reap the reward later so you know we have a little bit of different backgrounds in that so I guess I'll just kind of uh, bring y'all into the conversation what do you think yeah in my background you know I went through undergrad graduate school acquired a lot of student loan debt in that process as well as trying to work full-time, stay afloat. So I acquired credit card debt. Um, So when we united, you know, Luis had more experience and and savviness in the financial space. And I was just coming out of something that was, um, that felt like a mountain. Uh, So I think just even your passion for educating millennials, it's it's a really good topic uh, for us personally, but something that I think Mm -hmm. really, like you said, does need to be addressed because it's not just, um, a knowledge and a literacy thing, a factor, but it's also an emotional thing. The fear is what keeps people um, uneducated and 
I'm interested to kind of uh, get a little bit from you. Um, why, why did you start? Uh, what made you say, okay, I'm going to start coaching people. I'm going to start helping people with their debt. You know, that's something that not everybody takes on. You know, personally, I get a lot of our friends that, uh, that call me up for business advice. They, you know, hey, Luis, I'm ready to start my business. I'm ready for all the startup, uh, you know, help that I can possibly get. But as you probably know, you start helping people and then they stop you know, committing, they start being persistent, they they kind of don't follow the advice that they ask for. So, you know, that's kind of interesting to me that you're doing this with friends, uh, because I've actually been on the same journey. What made you say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to start this podcast? Well, I had a conversation with a couple friends about a year ago, and we were talking about, you know, our jobs, how do you salary negotiating, we were talking about negotiating salaries with their interviews, we were also talking about investment 401k and how that's not a common thing for millennials. It's nothing to talk about. And one of my friends says, why does this happen more often? Why don't more women talk about money? And that's not necessarily talking about what you earn, what's in your bank account, what you have in savings. It's more about talking about your approach to it, going for the money and going for what you want. I grew up with a lot of friends who were told and myself included, um, not so much by my parents, by the community around me, uh, to date somebody because of their careers, to date somebody because of how much they earn. And what I try to say is, hey, I've got dreams for money earning for myself. Let's elaborate on the the whole uh, negotiating a salary thing. I think that that's very foreign to a lot of people. Cindy and I have actually talked Mm -hmm. about it in the past. You know, that's something in my previous job, I was in sales and and, um, technology. And, you know, about a few years ago, I was actually going to leave my company and my boss said, well, what's it going to take? I actually, for the first time in a long time, you know, knew that I didn't need a job that I could just leave and be okay. And I actually just threw a number out there and he looked at me and I said, man, uh, you know, I think that he thought I was crazy for throwing a number out there, but it actually, he actually opened the conversation to let's sit down. Let's see why you think you should earn this much. Let's talk about it. So that led to actually getting a $24,000 raise, you know, just by throwing a number out there talking. Um, and I think that that's something that Cindy and I have talked about is the, the fear that holds us back, the fear to talk about money. I know that that's kind of something that you just mentioned right now. People are scared to bring this in conversation. Everybody knows about The Bachelorette. Everybody knows about, you know, what CNN said last night. But our social groups, our millennial social groups are really scared to talk about uh, the latest stock, the, the latest investment. We're really scared to talk about money. Yeah. So to your point, we're told not to talk about money. We're told it's not a social norm to talk about money. Uh, when you are signing for a raise, you're not supposed to share it. It's confidential. Yet it's shared on Glassdoor.com. So you don't necessarily have to say what you make, but you can talk about the conversations that you're having um, when you do present yourself or your case for getting a raise or your case for making more money. Be prepared to talk about your experiences. Yeah. Be prepared to talk about how you're effective. Yeah. And I love this topic. It it kind of ties in with your second podcast, which is titled self-worth before net worth. And I think yeah. that is probably why women have a little bit of a harder this than men um, in that in that negotiating and that demanding that salary because it is a little bit more emotional um, for women than for men, a little bit more intimidating. Um, and our life mm-hmm. experiences sometimes uh, dictate that. So I guess the question would be like kind of to take it back a little bit, like tell us about where you're from and where you started and and then we can kind of segue into that that self-worth. 
conversation. Sure. So I'm originally from East Tennessee. So I grew up in, actually lived in all three of the Tri-Cities, Bristol, Johnson City, Kingsport. It's a progressing area. It's getting, it's known for Eastman Chemical Company. It's also known for East Tennessee State University, where I went to college and graduated. Um, I have a background in marketing and sales. Cool. I also had experience in sales coaching. So coaching people to get more out of their paychecks and to make more commission, finding ways to get sales because sometimes it's easy to accept defeat in life and say, uh, we just, we're not getting traffic. Okay. Well, what are you doing to get more traffic? And you said, you mentioned you have a full-time job now and a side hustle. Uh-huh. So you have that background in marketing sales and then you've ended up. My current job is sales representative, regional sales representative for a finance company. Now, as you can oh. imagine, COVID has made some changes to that right. and how much I can travel. I'm doing a lot of coaching over the phone and virtually. Uh-huh. I find, had to find ways around those limitations. Right. And your side hustle, is that exclusively the podcast or do you have something else that you're working on? Oh, I have something else. I actually teach dance on the weekends and work mostly with bachelorette parties, which COVID has kind of um, taken a hit on that with bachelorette parties, people traveling into town. But I have been fortunate uh, the past few weeks, I've gotten to teach a few classes. And to that, it's about sharing my love of dance with people from out of town. I also get to share what I love about Nashville, the businesses that I love, make recommendations. I get to be a part of somebody's special weekend, a small part, but I get to help them remember that um, taking pictures and photographs of the new dance moves that they've learned. Yeah. Something that they can share for years to come. And I love that even in both of your missions right now, whether it's, um, really educating people in financial literacy and money management. Um, and also uh, your side hustle and passion dancing. It sounds like there's like an, an overall theme of empowerment. And I think mm-hmm. that that's really cool that you've got that kind of exuding in everything that you're doing. Um, so something else that we usually ask people is like, who inspired this journey for you? Like what's been a major inspiration? And in- Yeah. I think that my, my question and that to kind of elaborate a little bit more is, what makes you tick? For me, I guess what the, what we're looking for is for me is um, my family, you know, Cindy, we're expecting a, a little one. Yeah. And for me, it's just kind of oh. leaving a legacy behind, you know? Okay, just got married in a pandemic <laughs> and we're pregnant. Side note. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. It's all exciting. The right. pandemic's not, but... Right. <laughs> Everything else. We still yeah. got the joy. We still yeah. got the joy of that. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of those driving factors for you? I love inspiring other people. I love making people stay. I, and that comes from people who've inspired me and empowered me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm inspired by my friends that are small business owners, my friend who mm-hmm. owns Studio Goddess, my friend who, um, she went from being an architect and now she has the first ever real estate and architectural firm in Tennessee. I'm inspired by my mom. My mom worked in a male-dominated field. She worked her way up from working as a paralegal, and she also now did human resources for a corporation. And she took human resources outside of her job. She went and spoke about human resources at East Tennessee State University. She was featured in a business magazine, and she would give job interviewing tips, how to get the job, how to dress, how to win people over. She gave those business tips to me and my friends. That's awesome. My question for you right now is if you had your mom right here right now, what would you say to her? Because that's always interesting for us to know is, is how do you, how do you say things to those people that, um, 
that have made a huge impact in your life? What's the biggest lesson that you took from her? Uh, the biggest lesson I took from her is being confident. Mm. I can, she can walk into any room and talk to the person she needs to talk to. She's not intimidated. She, she knows what she wants and she knows just what to say. I think it takes a strong woman to raise a woman, a strong woman. It takes an ambitious woman to raise an ambitious woman. So just thank her for not only being an example for me, I'm sure she's been an example for many people. And in my career, she encourages me to go above and beyond. She wants to know how I'm doing as far as my numbers, how I'm ranking up against other team members. That's yeah, that's and the relationships I have, yeah, with other people. So, just I mean, I don't know how to say thank you, but I'll say hey, thank you, and let me just instead of just saying thank you, let me show you how you inspired me. Right now, through you, she's going to impact even more people, and that's something that we both talked about. That's so valuable in um, our journeys is mentorship. And it sounds like it has been that mentor for you. Um, Luis has had the opportunity to have great mentors. And I would say that the lack of mentorship is potentially something that's been a little harder for me in my own journey. Just to kind of share with the audience, is there maybe just like a notable struggle, something like your greatest um, hurdle that you've overcome in this journey, whether it's personal and maybe on the self-worth topic or actually, you know, logistical? So five years ago, I was laid off of my job of five years. It was a job, a company I wanted to grow with. Yeah, That was a company I saw myself doing major things for. And what I realized is I was putting my self-worth into what I did for a living. When people yeah. ask me about myself, I'm like, well, I am in marketing for a technology company and I sometimes get to travel. I get to coach other people on the product. And I had all these products from the company that I would show to my friends. And I was extremely excited about it. I loved my job. And when that position was gone, I remember thinking to myself, am I going to land another job like this? Because it is a competitive market to where I get to share my passion with others. It was a flexible job. Um, I got to see a lot of new places with that job, but it also was a hard lesson I needed to know is because I was putting who I was into what I did for a living more so than I realized. Yeah. And that's, 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 that is really big. I mean, we are both, um, she comes from a big background as well, analytics and, you know, for me, sales and marketing as well. And um, leaving our jobs was hard for that reason, actually. For that precise reason <laughs> that you just mentioned, you know, the, <laughs> are we gonna be? the glamour, the dressing up, the conventions, the shaking hands, the walking into boardrooms. That's, that's, I think a lot of people that, that are listening to this show are a lot of the people that have, we've engaged with usually kind of look at that as success. People put their success or they measure success by how you dress, how you walk into an office, mm-hmm. how you, you know, how you, the title, the VP of sales, the VP of marketing, whatever that might be. People put a lot of value into that. You know, a lot of why, you know, we left our jobs is because we are people of faith and we decided to say, you know what, my value is not on what this business card says. My value is not on what these people say in these boardrooms. My value is on the impact that I am making in people's lives every day. And at the end of the day, 
Uh, I want to be on my deathbed and not be remembered by where I worked, how much money I made, but I want to be remembered on the positive impact that I left on people's lives and by the content of my character. So that leads us to ask, what does success look like for you? Because what you just mentioned right there is what people uh, perceive as success. They perceive the traveling, the, the, you know, the fancy hotels, uh, conventions, uh, titles, titles. they perceive that as success. What does success mean to you? I think you just hit the nail on the head as I would say, it is the people you impact. It is the legacy. It's the mark you leave on others. People so good. may not remember. And they don't remember what you did for a living. They don't remember what you exactly what you said. They remember how they feel when they're around you. And so what are kind of the next steps now? You are working full-time. You've got the side hustle. You're bringing up your cast. And you mentioned that something you'd really love to do with all this information is write a book. Yes. Turning my podcast into a book. I know I've got a lot of ideas for what I want to write, but I'm always learning. I'm a lifelong learner and I'm learning from other people. I'm learning from you guys just through this conversation. So that that's my biggest goal in life is just to continue learning. I eventually want to get my MBA. I love that. And I love and that, kind of that sharing that the hustle looks a little bit different for everyone. You know, we've immersed mm-hmm. ourselves into full-time entrepreneurship uh, marriage mm-hmm. and parenthood, that's going to be its own podcast. Um, <laughs> and for some people, it, it is that's amazing. Hustle, you know? It's multiple hustles. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that we kind of see that perspective as well. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about investing. I know that you something that you've kind of bring it into your own podcast. You know, that's something that is very dear to our heart. That's something that actually has allowed us to, you know, kind of go into the full-time entrepreneurship route. You know, I've actually started uh, investing in the stock markets about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's been a wild ride. It's been a, a roller coaster for five years, you know. So I kind of just want to get your insights on that. What do you think? Uh, what would you say to somebody looking to invest? And how does that play into, you know, just kind of your overall scope of what you're doing in mentoring other people? So yeah, investment is a small part of what I like to, a small portion of the things that I like to talk about on the show. Investing can be extremely scary. Oh yeah. Because it's not, there. there's education out there. There's financial advisors, there's books that tell you how to invest, but a lot of people don't know where to begin. Right. One place to start is if you're working for a corporation that offers a match that will allow you to buy their stock at a discounted price, look into that. Don't be afraid. I've talked to my coworkers about investing in a stock with my company. We have those conversations and whether it's worth it or not. Don't be afraid to have the conversations with other people about it. Also recommend, and everybody's got a different take on this, being out of debt completely before investing to give yourself more reins over your paycheck. And I do have that kind of like a debt-free bias, a debt-free approach to my podcast, although I'm not against taking out debts because sometimes it is necessary. Sometimes nobody plans to live their lives paying off debt, but sometimes debt is there for you. Our credit lines are there for you when you need it. That's a big conversation. Having savings before you start investing and never put your eggs in one basket. Look at multiple industries that you'd like to invest in. Look at the history, look at the trends, keep up with it every day. Look at your investments as frequently as you check your bank accounts. 
For sure. And I think that this is definitely a conversation that I'd love to kind of uh, keep uh, elaborating on in your own podcast, <laughs> just because that's something that I um, was able to do. You know, I, some of our listeners that have listened to us know that, you know, I actually started with Chipotle Mexican Grill as a prep guy. I started buying into oh. their stock program. Um, after that, I had the opportunity for Apple. Same thing. I had the opportunity to kind of buy into their stock. After that, you know, I started venturing on my own and just kind of buying individual securities myself, which in turn has allowed us to kind of reach what what I would say is a level of financial independence to be entrepreneurs to kind of go on our own but that's definitely how it started for us everything that you just said is just kind of um started investing then we started kind of diversifying our portfolio a little bit I'm we're in the real estate business here in Nashville as well kind of an angel investors and in, 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 awesome um, some development. So yeah, for anybody that's listening, that's actually, you know, some advice that I would, would love to elaborate on and just kind of talk to uh, about from my own experience. But I think mm-hmm. that that's awesome. Great start. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, audience members, can they get some more in-depth details about your uh, podcast budget, babe, um, and in learning a little bit more about your perspective on how your Uh, personal values, your self-worth, how that affects your budgeting and and overcoming some of those things. But what's some advice that you could maybe share with the audience? Where, where do you start if, you know, having those tough financial conversations is, is overwhelming Um, or maybe you are in debt and you don't really know um, if you're stuck in kind of that cycle, how to really break that cycle. What's maybe good first tips or pointers that you might offer? The first tip is the first tough financial conversation you're going to have to have if you're not married. The first, and even if you are married, the first conversation you're going to have to have is with yourself. Mm. An honest conversation. Get real about, write down your expenses, write down your monthly expenses, what you're going to be paying. Get real about how much you can allot for indulgences, um, how much you can allot for vacation. Because sometimes we do tend to value... We, we crave experience, we crave adventure, we crave travel, we crave luxury, but how much is that actually worth if it's going to set you back a few years? So just being honest with yourself, self-worth requires, requires self-awareness. So allow yourself to be self-aware with that. And don't be afraid to ask for advice from people that you trust, whether that be great friends, whether that be family members, um, normalize side hustles. Because I feel like more and more people have them, whether that side hustle is actually working another job, that side hustle could be an investment, your investment into your first place. You turn that into an Airbnb or you turn a part of your house into an Airbnb. I met people that were in medical sales and took an Uber as a side. So they did really well with that. Or I have people that used Uber as a way to fund the basics while they pursued career opportunities in photography and real estate, where they pursued something that they were extremely passionate about. And the reason that I started my podcast is because I wanted to be a non-judgmental voice in all this. There's a lot of self-help books around money. There are some self-help books that are almost too much for the tough love approach. They're like, don't go into debt because debt is stupid. I, I've seen that in a book before. I read a lot. <laughs> yeah. So you read a lot. And even just to kind of get towards the end of the podcast, I'm going to leave you with two questions. Give us a recommendation, your favorite book that you would recommend to the audience. And yes. also that word hustle, you have used it quite a few times. And obviously the the name of the podcast is The Hustle Made Me Do It. So first of all, a book that you recommend? And then second, what does hustle mean to you? Yeah. So I've got two books. The first book overall is a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. That's good. It's an oldie, but a goodie, but it breaks it, breaks it down. 
the importance of being proactive, the importance of thinking and beginning with the end in mind. It talks you talks about how to be strategic, whatever your goal is, whatever it is you're going for. Talks about listening to under listening to understand instead of replying. Very useful tips in business and any kind of business. I also love Jensen Sincero's "You Are right. a Badass at Making Money" mm-hmm. because that starts with a mindset and it takes a unique approach to having a relationship with money having conversations with money, spending time each night to analyze where you're at with your money and your money situation. So it feels unnatural at first to write a letter to money, say, dear money. But when you change your trajectory, your mindset around money, you're just going to have an easy time managing it. That's awesome. awesome. Two, uh, two books that are actually on my list, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, are actually is actually somewhere back here. As you can see, we have not read all of them. Oh. Those are just books that uh, <laughs> keep our curiosity churning. Yeah. But um, definitely one of those books that I want to get into. And then, um, and then Hustlin', as we can wrap up here, tell us about what that means to you. A lot of people say, you know, I actually had somebody on the show once kind of say, well, hustling is a negative word. You know, they have a negative connotation to it but but i generation has refined you know redefined that i think that the generation that we're in the the millennial generation we look at it differently i mean i don't know about you but i think that we genuinely grew up looking for the side hustles growing up you know so anyways i wanted to take that word and just kind of uh, redefine it for people listening right now, just because I think that the hustle did make us do it. The hustle makes us do it every day. To me, the word hustle means dedication, your investment, what you're putting into what you're doing. I think hustle is important in every aspect. Let's say you're, um, let's say you're a musician in Nashville and to make money to earn for a living, you're a receptionist at a company. Well, how you approach your job as a receptionist how you do that, your dedication to that job is most likely going to look like the same dedication to your music passion. Mm-hmm. So always be the best at what you want to do. Always yeah. do your best because yeah. even if you're, it, it's, it's ethical one to always do your best and put your all into it. Also, if you're volunteering, if you're volunteering at your church, find the way to be your best at that because what you put into whatever the task is, it's going to look like that across the board. So what I put into my corporate job on a day-to-day basis, that's going to look like the same dedication that I put into my podcast. It's a muscle. It's consistency. That is excellent advice. And I think this has been such a great overview and such an enriching topic. I would love to uh, have the audience get a little bit more in depth with some of these topics. Where can we find you? Yeah. Give us some information about the budget, babe. Yeah. So Budget Babe is going to be on Apple, Google. It's through anchor.fm. Okay. It's through where I it. So you can find it on Anchor FM. You should be able to find it on Spotify. Mm-hmm. That's where I find all my podcasts, but Apple, Google Podcasts. Go into Spotify, type in Budget Babe, and that's where I'll be. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you give it a five-star rating. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's been awesome to have you, Ella. I hope that yes, we have the opportunity so much. Yeah, to reconnect um, on this topic in the future. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of The Hustle Made Me Do It. We have the budget babe, uh, Ella Catherine, uh-huh. here, yeah. here with us. Uh, if you get a chance, make sure you check out her podcast. Uh, great tips about budgeting, great tips about uh, career advice. Great, uh, you know, one of my favorite things today was 
speaking about salary negotiation, that's a topic that I think could be a podcast in itself. Um, thank you so much, mm-hmm. Ella, for being with us. Thank you so much for joining us on The Hustle Made Me Do It. And if you're listening, please subscribe. Please leave us a rating and give us some feedback on what we can do better. Great. Thank you, guys.